Welcome to the Go-To-Market Mindset with Michael Gordon, where we talk about all things related to sales, business development, and personal growth. If it's about high performance, we want to take a deep dive into that. And to do that, we'll be talking with some of the sharpest minds in all the land. But don't get too comfortable because we're going to be getting you out of your comfort zone. The Go-To-Market Mindset is brought to you by Sandler Training in Calabasas and me, Michael Gordon. We work with growth mining companies that know sales is never about price and believe that salespeople have rights. For more information, visit gordon.sandler.com. Welcome to the Go-To-Market Mindset. I'm here today with none other than Jamie Crosby, founder and CEO of Proactivate, where they staff and find high quality candidates for sales, marketing, and customer success roles. Basically, anybody that is in a go-to-market position responsible for generating revenue in a company. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. It's a, such a pleasure to be here with you. I, I can imagine. You must be really excited to get to spend time with me today. I mean, really. Yeah. Liberty like you. Very cool. Well, we had a really nice introduction at the Sandler Conference a few months back and then a nice conversation afterward. And you were telling me about your prowess in identifying, recruiting, and hiring high-performing salespeople for companies. So here is my experience with that. There's two camps of people when it comes to hiring sale, high-performing salespeople. There's the people that say, I'm fantastic at hiring salespeople. And I feel like three to 4% of those people are actually right. And they really do know how to hire high-performing salespeople and figured it out. And then the other camp says openly, I'm terrible at hiring salespeople. And we hire a lot of people that turn out to be C players and don't make it. So share with us your extensive knowledge, experience, prowess in hiring high-performing sales professionals. Well, I will say, I totally agree with you that there are those two camps and most fall in the second camp because it is a true challenge to find quality people. And especially in today's market, there is a talent shortage and really great sales professionals are working and winning. So it takes a lot more uh, you know, effort to court them for your opportunity and and those are the people you want. So uh, I was I was gonna say I think that's always an, an interesting conversation when people tell you that they've hired someone who's not working out and they came from a competitor. And it's like, well, why did they leave that company to come to your company? They were killing it so much over there. Right, right. Well, unless you know, I mean, so that's that's our philosophy is find people who are working and winning and doing well, where this would be a next step or an upgrade to their career, whether it's from a career trajectory standpoint, or compensation, or as you know, a lot of people leave their job because they don't love their boss. So whatever it is, culture, leadership, growth, compensation, it it you want to find people who are really doing well where they are and they're not looking, but this might be an opportunity for them to upgrade their career. And, but my philosophy comes from years of experience, Michael, and it, it really, it stems from seeing a gap in the marketplace in the traditional recruiting space. So I started in sales and operations leadership for traditional recruiting firms, eventually was a uh, recruited to Career Builder and became vice president of sales and vice president of training and development. And through those experiences, saw a gap in the marketplace 
for leaders of sales organizations to really proactively protect and propel their revenue as it relates to talent. As you know, so many of us talk about our, our sales pipeline in regard to revenue, but what about the talent pipeline that leads to that revenue? Oh my gosh, that is such an overlooked concept. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So is, when you talk about the, the talent pipeline, is that the gap that you were seeing a career builder? Well, the gap that I saw was that there weren't firms that were specialized in sales-centric, right? We're specialized in sales and sales leadership, marketing, and areas that support revenue generation, as you mentioned, all the way up to leadership. Also, the whole model was not geared towards sales. Salespeople know how to sell themselves in the interview, <laughs> right? Oh, so, I love that. I always say that, yes, <laughs> even yeah. a bad salesperson can put on a good show for 60 minutes. Right. It's like a first date. And so you've got to be able to dig under the surface. You know, you want to see the truth of who someone is. And the traditional recruiting model was 15, 20 minute phone screen, send a resume. And so we created a model with a very in-depth, customized qualification process. That's a sales behavioral interview that's much more in-depth um, and really covers not just skill set, which most interviews cover, but also mindset, which is one of the biggest components to success. And, and then some simulation evaluations. And then the other piece of the model is that most are structured to where or the, the recruiters are paid based on placement. So candidates are often being coached on what to say to get the job. The authenticity of the interview process is compromised. So that was the other gap I saw in the model that I wanted to fill in with, with a more unique offering. Yeah, you, Jamie, you're speaking my love language right now. So let's back up a few steps because you said some really interesting things about questioning, knowing what you're looking for, having the right mindset. Can you unpack that a little bit for, for everybody listening right now? Sure, sure. So first of all, knowing what you're looking for, right? So many of us, hire talent just that we like. We hire people like ourselves. If you don't have a thorough objective process, you you look for people that you think will be like you. And, I, uh, I, and that, I, I call that I call that gut gut instinct or intuition. Right, right. And sometimes it's right. Uh, but sometimes you know, yeah, sometimes it's wrong. And we, we, I mean, we all make hiring mistakes, but if you have a thorough process, you avoid it. So it, you got to know what you're looking for. The first step is creating that ideal candidate profile. And really also within your organization, having a brand story to court that type of quality elite talent that would get their attention. And, and so understanding the culture and things like that. For us, um, unpacking you know, our qualification process a little bit more and what will really lead to finding that person, it's gotta be geared around that ideal candidate profile. Um, but we'll, we spend an hour and a half to two hours going very in depth in a behavioral-based interview after we've courted them and gained their interest, of course, um, but digging very deep under the surface. So for example, in the area of skill set. Michael, a lot of people may have a sales skill set that's strong, or they may have achieved success. They may have a track record for success, but do they understand how they got there? What, what is their formula for success? Because if they can't 
clearly articulate how they achieved that, it's not going to be replicatable. Did they just get lucky? Did they get one deal handed to them? Did they find the deals? Did, you know, did they perform above expectations consistently? And do they know how? And in the area of mindset, 80% of Well, let's back up for a second, if you don't mind me interrupting. No, of course. Even though you're on a roll right now. So I I heard two different- (laughs) I heard two different things. One is, and I think the term is unconsciously competent, that people are good, but they don't know why they're good. Yes. And so I, the way I see that is that can be okay. If, I mean, if you're a sales leader running a company or you're a business owner, you, you want to have a process and, and that's good. But somebody who is good just because it's in their DNA, I, I think that's okay. Maybe, but maybe, and maybe you have a different opinion. But then I also heard you say something else that somebody got, you know, got handed a big deal at their last company. And I have a theory, I've worked it's been a long time, but I worked for some really big companies. And one of the things I found, and I think this theory has stood the test of time, is that in a big company, the number one salesperson is always there because some odd circumstance where something happened, not because they're the best salesperson in the company, not because they're the hardest worker, but there's always some anomaly. You know, that that is very often true. And and I do agree with you in the area of um not everyone knows exactly why they might have the it factor and and that is okay but in terms of like the okay what does it take for you to win do you know you know how many appointments did you have to make or who did you have to call on or you want to know that it relates to your role that there are some similarities that either you know, that the sales process is synergistic to what the sales process would be and that they have that drive to be able to do that activity and the knowledge of what it would take for success in this this other company. But I think what you're talking about, too, are are really mindset components. Like sometimes people don't, they're just winners. They have a commitment to excellence. And that is something we qualify for as a whole nother component, which is more important than the skill set component. So I think will more than skill because studies show 80% of success is based on mindset. And so actually qualifying and spending time doing behavioral-based interview in that area understanding their grit, their perseverance, their commitment to excellence, that it factor, that ability to overcome, that's more important to me than the skill set. However, obviously for us, we're qualifying to whatever the company lays out as the ideal candidate profile. Sure. So tell me about how you qualify for for mindset and high performance or grit and winning attitude. Yeah, that's that's a great question. So our whole philosophy is based on a behavioral based uh, methodology where past performance often indicates future performance. So we ask it's an interactive interview. We uh, we ask a lot of open ended questions in the area of mindset. So we might ask about one of their greatest challenges. Like, tell me about the greatest challenge you have faced in your career, in your life and how you overcame that. Um, Or persevered through that or, you know, so it's it's often questions that will relate specific experiences they've had. And we also do have a mindset assessment that we can utilize um, that, you know, helps us to identify those areas as well. But 
frankly, the behavioral based interview tells us a lot. And, and I think that's, that's a huge gap. Most people don't know. Most companies aren't qualifying in this area, yet it is such a high impact area of success. Agreed. And it's, it's amazing that I've helped some clients run interviews for people they are hiring. It's amazing. You get two, maybe two, maybe even three questions deep. And you're finding out a lot of stuff that wasn't on the resume or a lot of stuff that the candidate wasn't super open about sharing as part of the interview process. Right, right. Which is, I, I like how you said that you get two or three questions deep. That's exactly what you have to do is dig under the surface. So that's why I was saying, is there a big deal they were handed? So, you know, someone says they were number one on the sales team. Okay. Out of how many people? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, I was laughing. Right? Was it quarterly you were number one? Was it one time you were number one? Was it the whole time you were there, you're number one? Do you know? how and why you were number one. What did you do differently than everybody else? And that's where it does matter if they're going to a high activity driven sales, you know, new business focused. And it was, they were number one because they were handed a big deal that, you know, it was something where they expanded an account, then it doesn't really relate. But sometimes we take things at this high surface level and we don't understand how to tell me more, tell me more, tell me more and dig under the surface to get to, the real information. Agreed. Agreed. So I, and interestingly enough, when we train manager sales managers for interviewing, it, it's very similar. A lot of the same questions that we train, you know, we train our salespeople to use, to dig deep, go, go beyond the surface, find out the real, what behind the why or the why behind the what. So Yes, yes, it, it very much aligns. In fact, that's funny you say that, Michael, because I was on the phone talking to a potential client last week and they asked me if I was Sandler trained. Really? <laughs> and, and I said, proudly, I mean, I've, I've gotten a lot of it by osmosis and I really believe strongly in it. And I'm really proud that you just mentioned that, that you, that you, you know, you can hear this synergistic language that relates to Sandler training, so... Oh, awesome. I love, I love hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. Love hearing that. Except when, when family members say, don't use that Sandler stuff on me. <laughs> totally. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So talk to me about what companies should be thinking about as they start to figure out who they're going to need on their team or what, what they want. I think first and foremost, internally, they need to, they need to think about why someone would want to come to their company? What's their brand story? What, what are their competitive differentiators as it relates to acquiring elite talent? Um, and then they really need to identify their ideal candidate and the impact of that, right? So why are they trying to you know, grow their revenue by a million dollars and they believe that this candidate will help them do that? Are they, what are their bigger picture goals as to why? Because that will help develop that ideal candidate profile. So we've got to know what we're looking for to know if we found it. And so identifying that. And then I think bigger picture, like one question behind that is, what should they be thinking about in general? They should proactively be thinking, okay, what there are three components to proactively plan for a talent pipeline to essentially protect your revenue and have revenue insurance. One one component is 
what growth plans do we have geographically or vertically or, or key initiatives that we need talent to fulfill? Another proactive you know, approach or component is to consider what natural turnover do we have and how do we get ahead of that to have that funnel of talent so that we don't miss this revenue opportunity. And the other component is what C players do we currently have on the team that we need to upgrade? Because there is a 70% variance in production between a top performer and a poor performer, and they're lowering the bar for the entire team. And um, so those are some proactive components to considering how many people on an annual basis should I expect to hire? And based on that, how many people should I be qualifying consistently to stay ahead of that, to have on the bench, so to speak? Ah, and you read my mind with the C player comment. And I know, I know my answer to this, but, and because I see it all the time, companies have C players and Sometimes one month will do good, then they'll be off for six months where they're missing goals. And I, again, it's not my job to tell other people to fire folks on their team, and right. nor do I want it to be. Right. But I, I see the negative impact it has across the team. What are your thoughts on that? Maybe, maybe you it have does. a different perspective. Well, I say hire slow and fire quickly. And I and I don't mean that cavalierly because I never surprise anybody. I, I don't believe in surprising them. They know clearly what the expectations are. And when they're not meeting them, there, there needs to be communication accordingly. And really, as leaders, if we can make sure we equip our team members with every tool and training and development and all the things they need to be successful, that's the part that we we can always help them upgrade their skills, but they've got to have that desire. They've got to have the activity, right? And they've got to do the things that they can control. And then every deal that's going to come will come and we can help them get better at doing those things. But if those things aren't happening and, you know, they're not winning, it, it does lower the overall performance of the entire team. It takes a lot of leadership time. It costs a lot of money to try to bring a C player up, but not as much effort to bring a B player up or to spend the time with the A players who can do even more. And so it, it's really, really critical to address that and identify it. And of course, knowing, you know, being fair to them, having them never be surprised and, and making sure that they have every opportunity in terms of you know, the tools and the process and the development to win. But beyond that, they've got to, they've got to win. And allowing C players to stay on your team too long will dilute the overall performance of the entire organization. And sales is the lifeblood of a company. Sales is the lifeblood of a company. And the, the, the one thing I always ask is, you know, if you're, if you're a, two of your A players are standing at the water cooler talking about some of the C players, Number one, what do you think they're saying? And number two, what does it say about you as the leader and about the team for allowing mediocrity to stick around? Yeah, I was just going to say it. It just says that you accept mediocrity. Yeah. All right. So we're we're in agreement on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. You got to have a really, really thorough process in terms of hiring the right people. That's really, really important. So that's why I say hire slowly, like make sure you have methodical steps 
that you put people through a very similar process. It's a very thorough, well thought out, in-depth qualification process, knowing exactly what you're looking for so you know when you find them and then hold them accountable. Yeah, imagine that, a process for interviewing. That is just simply mind-blowing, yes. Right, right. So how many companies do you speak with that actually have a process for interviewing? I would say it's minimal. I mean, they think they do, but it's not. I Well, I'll define a process is you could ask two different people in the company what the process was and get the same answer. Yeah, I would say 30%. Really? That's, that's a lot. That seems odd to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So Jamie, what else? What did, what did I miss? What did I not think about as far as what you do, how companies should be thinking? You know, I think nothing, nothing specific. I just think in this very moment in this market, one of the things to consider as they are looking at talent is, I mean, there truly is a challenge it truly is a challenge right now finding top talent in the marketplace and and so we've got to be a little bit more creative in attracting that talent to the organization so just some of the trends have changed right the the hybrid or remote workplace that looks like it's continuing to stay and 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 people also are looking for things like more flexibility or the opportunity, maybe it is an office job, but the opportunity to work at home on Fridays or things that, you know, just that uh, performance-based freedom, more well-being type offerings and compensation when you're making an offer needs to be fair. Don't, you know, make an offer that you feel like won't be refused versus just trying to get them for as little as you can. There, there are a lot of things about the recruitment process right now that really need to be considered because there's a talent shortage. Got it. And maybe talk to me for one or two seconds about customer success. I know you, you and your company recruit for customer success folks and marketing folks. What does that look like? Because I don't have a lot of experience to talk about marketing and customer success. What does that look like as far as you know, winner mindset goes because it's different. Well, I would say mindset, uh, you know, it is different, but that grit and that commitment to excellence and perseverance and, you know, just that character depth, those things are consistent across the role. And despite if it's marketing or customer success or a COO, uh, they are, critical, the way that we ask them might might look a little bit different based on the role that they were in. But those are the same components that we're really digging deep into. And, and for example, like a leadership role, when we're doing simulations, we're going to simulate leadership type scenarios or customer service, you know, customer client service role. We're going to simulate that. But all in all, you know, we're specialized in the area of revenue generating talent and, and leadership talent. And so when we customize our qualification process, the skill set piece changes a lot, the simulations change a lot, but mindset, having that winning mindset is pretty consistent. Okay. And final question, 
what do you think about hiring? And this is going to be a, a, a sales related question, hiring people from outside the industry. So a lot of people ask that question. And I first will give my caveat to say that whatever our clients dictate is what we commit to providing in terms of their ideal candidates. So some say they have to have industry experience and we're going to find them people with industry experience. A lot ask us. And my answer is this. I believe that you can teach that. Now, there are some industries that you just, they it, there's a huge benefit to having industry experience. In most cases, I believe will over skill if I'm going to pick an area that is more important. It also depends on the bandwidth of the leader that's hiring them. Do they have that time to develop them in that area? But for me, generally speaking, I would say I want the person that has all of those characteristics and components that relate to grit and commitment to excellence. And I'm going to win no matter what mentality. Those are the mindset components. They have to have the talent piece, which is the skill set. Um, I can teach the industry. Dang it. So we're, you're telling me you were in agreement on this too? We are in agreement about everything, Michael, except the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Well, I, I wish there was more I could say because <laughs> you guys are wearing the ring and I'm a Raiders fan and uh, yeah, it's been a tough, a tough couple of decades, but we'll, we'll agree <laughs> to disagree that the Raiders are ultimately the superior team. Just not this year. We can agree to disagree respectfully. All right. So Jamie, this has been a lot of fun. Tell the folks listening if they're looking for salespeople and they want to bring you in or they want to get in touch with you at where can they find you? So definitely LinkedIn. Jamie Crosby and Proactivate are there. And then www.proactivate.net as well as uh, jamiecrosby.com if they're interested in some mindset workshops or keynotes. Ah, I didn't know that. I didn't know you did mindset workshops. Michael, I keep holding things back. I know. You're like an onion with so many layers. <laughs> I'm more impressed by the day. Well, that was awesome. Jamie, thank you again for coming on. I had a lot of fun as always and uh, looking forward to getting this uh, episode out there. Sounds great. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. I hope you got as much out of this as I did. To find out more about how we work with companies to help them grow sales more profitably and predictably, please check out gordon.sandler.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.